Hi guys, uh, this is the All In Podcast. Uh, I'm one of the co-hosts, Mike Bajic. Um, as you might be able to see, we're on a little bit of a different type platform, especially for the video, you can definitely see. But I'm joined by my guy, Eli Cooper. What's up, buddy? Doing good, man. How how crazy was Raptor Celtics game six? <laughs> Amazing. Right? Well, let's just, but like, okay, so if that was a game seven <laughs> instead of a game six... Like, that's one of the best games ever. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I told you not to panic, though, man. Didn't I tell you? On, for yeah, those you of did. you who, who missed our Couch Coach Live uh, appearance, we talked about this upcoming game, and Celtics were up 3-2. I told Mike not to panic because the series is not over yet. Yes. And sure enough, uh, his favorite player ever, Kyle Lowry, came through huge for the Raptors. So, Well, you know, I'm a very emotional guy. I... Uh... <laughs> My, I swing with the wind on, you know, especially my, my team in the same way with the Steelers. When we start doing NFL, you'll find them the same way with the Steelers. Uh, I, you know, one week they're the greatest, one week they're garbage, and I don't want anything to do with them. <laughs> but the Raptors, let's start with the Raptors then. Let's start. Um, you want to go first on talking about this game and your thoughts? Yeah. So, one, you could just see it in the Raptors, like the, you know, the desperation that they played with almost um, and trying to force that game seven uh, because, you know, I think they truly believe that they're the better team here. And I don't think they feel that they've played that way, but I, I actually, I really love watching this team without Kawhi Leonard all season because it's just like a bunch of guys that no one really had any expectations for when you think about it. Uh, Kyle Lowry was undrafted when he came into the league and then had a, a good stint with Houston, which led to you know him coming to the Raptors, mm-hmm. and then he blew up in Toronto and is a perennial All Star now. Um, you know, no one expected Siakam to be what he is now. Last year's Most Improved Player had a strong argument for it again this year. If if that you know uh, category wasn't so deep, mm-hmm. but like. You know, and then you have guys like Norman Powell, Fred Van Vliet, who I believe is undrafted. You can correct me if I'm wrong there, but another undrafted guy, Marcus Saul, who everybody thought his career was pretty much done right when he left when he left Memphis. Um, And and granted, he's nowhere near the Marcus Saul that he was in Memphis. um, You know, but he's he's been one of the most important players, if you ask me, for the Raptors, um, just on both ends of the floor. You know, Ibaka. You know, I just, it's like a bunch of guys who, you know, people cast it out and, yep. and had no plans or, or future for. And then OG Ananombi, uh was incredible. Like, this is, uh, Sean made a great comparison yesterday as we were watching the game um, is that he is the Raptors' Andre Guadalla. You know, he hits these like timely shots. He's good defensively, interchangeable from the two through the four spot defensively. Um, you know, and, and really can even guard the one. So, you know what I mean? He's he's someone you can put on every team's best player. He's that good defensively. So, you know, he's probably, you know, a little bit better than Andre Iguodala offensively. But, like, Andre Iguodala is solid in a, with the Sixers, you know, and, and who knows if he ever reaches that kind of offensive, you know, play. But, like, this Raptors team is just so competitive, man. Um, but this has been by far the best series, which I think we expected, right? Yeah, when we yeah. um, when we talked about this a couple of episodes ago, 
And, you know, the Celtics, to their own right, have been special this postseason. They, they've been as good as they were a couple of years ago when they went with Terry Rozier and, and no Kyrie Irving. So, like, you can kind of see Kyrie was holding this team back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it shows. But, like, Tatum, who hit some big shots but also had some really bad turnovers, which, which I'll get to. Yeah. But um, just to, you know, go back and look at this game, uh, you know, throughout game six, it was just on both ends. It was timely shots after timely shots. Here's one of those big shots that Jason Tatum hit. If you're watching on YouTube, mm-hmm. you know, he gets that sidestep three that gives them the one point lead. And then after that, it was like Kyle Lowry just went unconscious, right? He just pulls up and twice and just, he was like, I'm just going to shoot this ball. I don't really care if it goes in or not. It was like kind of the mindset that he had on both of those shots. He didn't, he doesn't create a ton of separation, uh, but hits two massive shots for them. And it looked like, you know, Toronto was going to pull away yep. after he knocked both of those down. Uh, but the Celtics made big plays down the stretch as well. Um, and they just kept, you know, fighting and clawing back and, you know, ended up forcing overtime. And, and that's really first overtime, again, couldn't separate themselves. Second overtime comes and Kyle Lowry strikes again. Um, he comes up with one of the best passes we, I think, or one of the most crucial passes we've seen. And that's saying a lot because Kemba had, you know, his pass to Tice, right, at the end of game five that yeah. looked like it was going to, you know, seal the deal for them. And then, uh, you know, Kyle Lowry comes up with this behind-the-back pass to OG Ananombi, who, again, makes another huge shot for the Raptors to put them up with just under a minute. And then Tatum, which, you know, here you see, if you're watching on YouTube, he has a horrible, horrible turnover uh, that results to a Norman Powell, um, you know, and one at the other end. Um, He ended up having a bad throwaway to – to Nick Nurse on right, the sideline, yeah. yeah, in the corner, um, that almost did him in. He ends up knocking a big shot down, and and then Marcus Smart kind of got a good look towards the end. He traveled, and yeah. I, Mark Jackson and them didn't say a word about it during the broadcast, but it was it was a blatant walk, uh, but got a decent look off, um, but just couldn't knock it down. And you know, again, it was uh, probably you know one of the most entertaining games of the playoffs so far. It was just. You know, back and forth, neither team really could pull ahead until the Raptors did in the second overtime. Um, but it was just incredible to watch, man. This series has lived up to the hype more than maybe what people thought after the first two games. Yeah. So, man, I was so stressed last night watching <laughs> this game. Um, like, the amount of big shot making was just – on both teams was just unbelievable. Like – one after another, like, and yeah, like the refs, you know, had a say, you could say, you know, there was arguments on Twitter about the refs. You hate to see that in any game, in any situation. But like, I think that it was still that good of a game that we're not even really talking about the refs that much now today. Um, Game of the year for me. I think it's game of the year so far anyway. Uh, Especially when you like just consider the magnitude of what's going on. Like this is the defending champs uh, against this young crew, like, trying to starve off elimination like we've seen this kind of a battle before between a defending champ and a young team who who thinks it's their time yeah uh, you know obviously this is a little different because the defending champs don't have their best player from the previous year anymore uh but still you get that same kind of scenario where we've seen so many times 
that was an amazing game. Kyle Lowry getting the respect he has been due for years, it seems like. Uh, finally, even when he went off in the NBA Finals, he had a great NBA Finals. He still didn't get all the due that I think he that he deserved, and a lot of that was because Kawhi was there, and he was so good uh, that he got a lot of it. But, like, if you watch, watch Game 6 of the Finals, like, Kyle Lowry was was the guy, and Fred Van Vliet and Siakam, really, at the end, were the guys getting those uh, buckets in crunch time. It actually wasn't Kawhi. Uh, now, Kawhi was still obviously the best player. Now, you know, looking ahead now to Game 7, I don't know. Like, I feel like that just took so much out of the Raptors. Like, that they had to do that like perfectly almost like with with Lowry playing the way he did and like OG and Norman Powell both like have they were just so good in game six. Norman Powell both of them hitting huge shots in double overtime now at the end of the first overtime going to Norman Powell in the ISO situation. I don't know if that was the right move. Bold. Yeah. <laughs> I mean he had the hot hand, I guess. Yeah. And, and the the best matchup. They liked the matchup. But I don't right. think but I don't know if yeah, we like that matchup because we like you going to the hoop on Kemba, not because we want you to settle for a for a long two. Or really, I think you took a long two, not even a three. Right. Um, and at the end of regulation, they're going down the stretch, and like we have like a little bit of a cushion. Boston's coming back, and like we kept going to Siakam in these post up or like one on one ISO on the wings. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like screaming like, stop! Like just stop giving him the ball, like, let's run our <laughs> offense. Give it to Lowry. Give it to Van Fleet. Anybody stop right. giving it to Siakam on Jalen Brown because Jalen Brown's doing a great job on him. Right, yeah. Uh, but, you know, actually, Siakam did end up getting a bucket in that situation. A big bucket, too. Uh, so it went to overtime, and then it was just big shot, big shot, big shot. I just feel like that was so draining. Like, if Kyle Lowry, after the game, like, you could hear him talking to the reporter, I forget who it was, but uh, he was talking, and he was so exhausted. He's like, we just got to win. <laughs> like, he couldn't even answer the questions. Like, yeah. he was like, we just got to win. I'm trying so hard. Like, and he is. And yeah, it also made me wonder about like when they get to Western Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Finals, if they're going to start like chilling out with the game every other day. Yeah. Because these guys are worn down. Like, especially yeah. after this series, like these guys, Miami's going to have a huge advantage just from oh, the, yeah. right? Just from the perspective of they've been off. And this is, and it's not even like they're off and these guys are playing. Like, they're off and these guys are, like, grinding, like, 48 yeah. minutes. Actually, 50-plus minutes uh, for these guys. <laughs> Last game, a lot of them played 50-plus minutes. So, it was an amazing game. One of my favorite games as a Raptors fan in the history of being a Raptors fan. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, we know from history that Game 6 does not mean anything if you lose Game 7. And yeah. if they lose Game 7, we're going to totally forget about this Game 6 probably. So, yeah. you know, but I think I think it's going to be a good one. I don't, you know, this just shows, like, there's no quit in this team. They're up against the wall. Like, they're just not going to quit. They even got down early in this game. And I was like, and I'm thinking, you know, they're down 10 in the second quarter. And I'm thinking, oh, man, like, we didn't even put up a fight. Like, we're just going to roll over. But, like, <laughs> hey, Nick Nurse, whatever he said at halftime. And then Lowry, like, it was awesome, dude. It was so awesome. Agreed. So, who you got game seven? I'm going with Toronto. Of course. I, yeah, I right. can't listen. Actually, you know what? Actually, actually, I'm going with Boston. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jinx is in full effect. So, <laughs> I, I picked Toronto at the beginning. They lost the first two. I switched it to Boston, and they lost two. I switched it to Toronto. They got killed. Switched it back to Boston. Toronto won. So, I'm picking Yay. Boston. 
Yeah, you're on a you're on a Charles Barkley like streak right I, now for this series. Yes, for this. <laughs> yeah, series. for this one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I think it's because there's so many emotions involved that I cannot think straight on this. Yes, so we, I we am, can tell. So, with that being said, I'm going totally emotions on my pick now, and I'm picking the Celtics. Hopefully, uh, jinxing jinxing myself and the Raptors will win. Yeah, I'm going with the Celtics in seven. I think that's what I had originally. Yeah. So I'm gonna stay with it. Because um, this series has kind of played out exactly what I thought. However, if, honestly, if the Raptors win in Game Seven, I wouldn't be surprised. They have, you know, obviously enough talent to do it. So, yeah, I just think I think Kemba plays a lot better because he was awful last night. Right. I think he plays a lot better in uh, in Game oh, Seven. I wanted to talk about that actually. Um, the Nick Nurse and like whatever junk defenses are stupid. A lot. Of the oh time. yeah. But but okay so. He ran that box and one, and like traditionally, you think of a box and one, and you're like, put the guy, put the guy on the other team's best player, and then you try to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Well, like, actually, he didn't do that. He put the box and one guy on Kemba, mm-hmm. um, and I think it worked really well. Like, even if it didn't work, you know, like even if they didn't win the scoring battle while they were in the box and one, it kind of threw Kemba off the rest of the game to where his rhythm was screwed up. Uh, he wasn't as aggressive. Like, yeah, I think that had something to do with it, actually. So. Nick Nurse, kudos for throwing out the junk defense. It's not always, you know, what, what you might think. Yeah, and like, who would ever expect a box and one run against this Celtics team with right. the amount of weapons that they have? That probably threw them completely off guard because no one would ever expect it. So, right. and definitely threw Kemba out of rhythm because he was awful. So, you know, I think they'll probably prepare for it at least a little bit. You know, I yeah. I would think uh, coming into the next game, but. You know, I it was certainly interesting to to watch. Yeah, but uh, it also just shows how desperate the Raptors were, right? After game five. Yeah. I think yeah. Matt Thomas is playing minutes, like yeah, so. a lot of our rotations, <laughs> like Yeah, like, man. So Nick Nurse is like, I'll try anything. So, yeah, and it worked. And it worked. And it worked. Kudos so to him, man. Coach of the year. So uh you want to move on to NFL topics? Yes. So surprisingly, this isn't an NBA show today. Yep. Right. <laughs> yep. So um, NFL is back tonight. Chiefs, Texans. Uh, actually, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll do our bold predictions for NFL. With the NBA playoffs coming back, something we're going to be seeing a lot is every player's fresh new cut. But you know what else needs a fresh new cut? Your lawn. That's why you should hit up Tavon's Lawn Care. Tavon's Lawn Care LSC is a black family owned business located in York, Pennsylvania. Tavon's Lawn Care, or TLC for short, since they provide each job with tender love and care, has been in business for over 10 years. Founded by owner Tavon Parker, TLC aims to provide employment for underprivileged youth while providing great service at a reasonable rate. Visit Tavon's Lawn Care LLC or Tavon's Lawn Care on Facebook and Instagram to view their portfolio and request your cost-free quote today. All right, we are back at the All In Podcast. Uh, me and Eli are here. We just got done talking about the Celtics-Raptors Game 6 that happened last night. So if you're listening on YouTube, make sure you go check out that video as well. Um, it'll be posted separate. Um, so we now want to do NFL bold predictions. Season is starting tonight with Chiefs-Texans. It kind of doesn't even feel real that it's starting because there was no preseason. Like, it just snuck up on us, right? Right. <laughs> so um, we're not – we, if you listen to us on Couch Coaches Live um, on Tuesday night, we did predictions for every division 
Uh, we just do bull pick too. So and wildcard teams. Yep. Uh, we're not doing quite that on this episode. What we are doing is bold predictions. So these are a little more off the radar. What do you think is going to happen that no one is really expecting? Uh, so we've got three each. Uh, Eli, I'll let you go first. All right. So this kind of does go this does coincide with um, one of my picks from our Couch Coach Live appearance. And it is the Cleveland Browns making the playoffs. Yes, Browns fans rejoice. It's finally going to happen. This is the year that the Browns make the playoffs. Um, I think they barely get in because there's going to be three teams from the AFC North. In my opinion, that's going to make it. Um, And they squeak in at like nine and seven, maybe eight and eight, depending on how bad the rest of the AFC is, probably nine and seven. Um, But I think the offense here is going to be much improved. Um, Obviously, you know, they've had the coaching change that we've talked about a couple of times. I think on our fantasy episode, you had mentioned it. And then again, we talked about it on Couch Coach Live. Um, you know, they have, you know, the same, you know, coach who was under or had Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook, that type of offense, right, with the Vikings, yep, yep. Um, which we think is going to fit Baker Mayfield's style better, um, you know, having him play off a of play action and, and a run heavier offense, which could lead to possibly a Nick Chubb rushing title, mm-hmm. possibly. Um, you know, and everybody's worried about Kareem Hunt, but like Kareem Hunt's going to have a much different role this year um, than what he did last year. He was kind of just like, you know, stepping in as a third down back or as their receiving back. I think he's going to be more than that this year. Like they're talking about using him as a slot receiver in some sets and, and things like that. So I think they want to get him more involved in the passing game, you know, maybe jet sweeps type of thing. Um, two running back sets with him and Chubb out of the backfield. Yep. Uh, so I think we see, you know, uh, especially after they, they just paid him seven and a half million over the next uh, uh, for each of the next two seasons, they're going to find ways to manufacture touches for him. And I think the other person they're going to try to find ways to manufacture touches for is Odell Beckham, mm-hmm. uh, who was underwhelming last year, as everyone yeah. knows, but um, it was a shitty season. Yeah, I mean, their offense was just bad in general outside of Nick Chubb. It was shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I don't know how I didn't catch that at first. I don't know how I didn't catch that at first. Yo, he, I, I think he handled that really well. I think he did too. Uh, if he just had some fun with it. There's no way it's real anyway. So. There's no way it's real at all. But it was hilarious yeah, to was. see all the memes and stuff. But anyway, yeah, so, you know. Odell will not be a number two receiver this year. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't help myself. I can't help myself. Oh, we're on a roll. We're on a roll. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Odell's going to have a step up this year. Like, I could yeah. see, you know, 1,300 yards, eight to, t- eight to ten touchdowns maybe for Odell. You know, you know, seeing him come back to that true wide receiver one, uh, you know, in fantasy terms. Uh, because he has that kind of talent. He's one of the most talented receivers in the league at the end of the day. It's just about getting the ball in his hands. Yeah. Um, and I think this this new offense will help them do so. Mm. Um, and, of course, you have Jarvis Landry, um, who is as steady as they come. So, you know, I'm not really concerned. At, oh, and Austin Hooper, their offseason yeah. addition uh, at tight end, I think is going to be huge uh, for them. He's uh, very athletic. Uh, skilled tight end um, it gives them just another weapon. And, 
you know, I see he's an upgrade from Njoku, um, yeah. you know, for this team. So you're talking about two, you know, different kind of backs. You're, you're, you know, between the tackles guy and Nick Chubb, and then you're, you're elusive guy and, and Kareem Hunt, who's probably going to, I'd say you can look for about 500 receiving yards plus from him this year, probably 500 rushing yards somewhere in that range. Maybe, I don't know, but you know, I think the Browns offense will be much improved and I think they have a pretty solid defense, um, which will be good enough to get them into the playoffs in a weaker AFC. So my prediction Browns will make the playoffs for the first time. It God knows how long. I like it too, um, especially with the expanded playoffs this year. So there's going to be three wild card teams. Seven teams are going to make it uh, from each conference. So I think that gives them a better chance as well. I do think they're better. I think they're better than last year. Listen, like they went six and ten last year. Um, yeah. I think that you know any capable head coach, or any close to capable head coach, is about four wins better than Freddie Kitchens. Yeah. Maybe three, three and a half, three and a half. So I, I'd see there being in the nine, ten win range as well. And they added right. pieces, um, addressed the offensive line needs. That was probably one of the biggest things last year was the O line. So yeah. they added to that. Like that's going to be huge. Uh, we'll see about Baker though. This will be the, uh, you know, this will be the make or break year for Baker Mayfield. Agreed. Um, so my first prediction is actually kind of tied to Baker Mayfield, uh, and, and it involves his rookie touchdown passing record that he set in his rookie year. Uh, my first poll prediction is that Joe Burrow will break that record uh, and he'll throw 30 touchdowns this year. The record's 27. I got him going all the way to 30 and just crushing Baker's record. Uh, listen, I like Joe Burrow a lot. Uh, last year, LSU was one of the most impressive um, pro-style quarterback seasons we've ever seen in college football. And listen, like he's not a typical rookie either. Like He's kind of old. For, yeah. for rookie. He's kind of old, right? He's I think he's 23 right now. He'll be 24 pretty soon. Um, so he's, he's like a mature guy. Bengals actually have some weapons. If, you know, we don't know what A.J. Green is going to give him, but, like, if he's there at all, it's a huge boost. And then Tyler Boyd is right. solid. Hail to Pitt. Uh, Joe Mixon is one of the, you know, 10 most elusive backs in the league. Uh, and, and, they, and they drafted T. Higgins as well, who I think is going to be pretty good. Yeah. Obviously, he's going to maybe sometimes going to be running for his life. With the offensive line, right. that's always an issue with with rookie um, quarterbacks and teams who are really bad, and they choose to get the quarterback instead of the offensive lineman. Typically, we see that guy running for his life in his first year. Right. But I think he's I think he's just that good uh, for his age. I don't know. I don't pro- necessarily project him to be one of these best guys ever or or whatever. I don't know any about any of that. I'm not making that prediction. I'm just making this season. I think that he's going to be like he's going to step right in and be like an average quarterback, above average to close to above average starting quarterback. So thirty touchdowns is definitely not out of the uh, realm of possibility for Joe. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a pretty fair bold prediction, um, especially when you you mentioned the weapons like the Bengals. Um, you know when you look at their skill positions are. You know, nothing to sneeze at at all. Yeah. Um, it's it's like you said, it's the offensive line is abysmal, um, which is really what holds them back from winning games, um, you know, at all. So he's certainly going to be on the run back there. Um, I think A.J. Green will be solid this year. You know, yeah. honestly, at, at that's the worst that you can expect from him is to be solid, um, you know, for someone coming off who really hasn't played in two years right. um, when, when you go back and look at it. But – um, you know, like you said, Tyler Boyd is a up and coming receiver who's developing nicely. 
Um, don't forget about John Ross, yeah. who has his spurts of being electric here and there. Um, so that could help. But yeah, I think Bengals' future looks bright with Joe Burrow. They just got to get the line in front of him to yeah. protect him. Yep. Yep. And I think that they're going to be losing a lot. I don't think they're going to win many games uh, per se. So they're going to probably be behind in a lot and throwing a lot. So I could see him, you know, averaging. If he averages two touchdowns, if he starts every game, which of course I'm not really projecting injuries, but if he starts every game and he throws two touchdowns a game, he'll get to 30. Yeah. Uh, so I could see that. I could see yeah, that. Uh, and, he'll, and he'll have a couple of three or four games in there. So, uh, okay. So then I'll go next here. We'll just stick with me because I'm also staying in the AFC North once again. And, you know, it's funny, we're talking about all these young quarterbacks now in the AFC North with Joe Burrow, and we mentioned the Browns and Baker Mayfield, and you got, of course, the, back, the uh, defending MVP, Lamar Jackson. Uh, but I'm making a prediction about the Steelers, and that'll be that they're going to win the AFC North this year. Um, you know, we do not have that young quarterback, but we have an old one. Yeah. He's not that bad when he's actually healthy. Uh, you know, last time we saw Ben Roethlisberger, he led the league in passing yards. Um, so, you know, obviously he got hurt first game last year, and we were the worst. I, sh- I shouldn't say we, but I'm talking about the Steelers, and that's my team, so I'll say we. But, uh, you know, they went 8-8 eight and eight with the worst offense in the league. I think that's something, right, like worst offense in the league, but you're still an average team. So the yeah. defense is really good. The Patrick addition has been huge. T.J. Watt is becoming one of the best edge guys in the whole league. And they're filling in that linebacker spot nicely. Yeah. Um, you know, fourth biggest drop in DVOA from 2018 to 2019. So maybe there's some regression back to that. And, I, and you know, I don't know if it's – I'm not saying more about the Steelers than I am saying about the, the Ravens here. I think it's more about the Steelers just being pretty good and, and getting better from where they were last year with Ben coming back. Yeah. Um, but I also do expect a little bit of regression from Lamar Jackson and a little bit of teams are starting to see like, okay, how can we go at this guy? You know, usually now, and maybe they won't be able to figure it out. Usually when we have guys who are a different style, like you give them a year or two and teams start to figure something out. I don't right. know if teams will or not. And I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. I was coming out of Louisville. I think that he's still going to be, you know, they're going to be good. They're going to be good. They're not, I don't right. think they're going to be 14 and two. And I don't think they're going to be twelve and four, and I think the Steelers are going to be twelve and four. Uh, so I got the Steelers to win the division. Yeah, I like the I like the pick. Um, I still have the Ravens winning the division, but um, there's there's no reason the Steelers can't, um, especially if Big Ben is healthy. And I think yeah. that's the biggest question mark at the end of the day, because um, the defense really carried the Steelers throughout a lot of last year. Um, and with Big Ben getting up there, he's a little more injury prone, um, you know, but. Obviously, Big Ben being healthy is going to be great for Juju. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, I think, is going to take a step forward this year if Big Ben's fully healthy. Yeah. The other question kind of is going to be like James Conner's health. Um, now, the, the Steelers have good running back depth, and I don't think that's 100% necessary for them to win the division. But if James, if James Conner can stay fully healthy to you know some extent and maybe find the the form he was in a couple of years ago, the Steelers offense gets scary again. Oh yeah. Um, it used to be. So, you know, uh, cer- certainly a bold prediction. I have them in the playoffs. Don't quite know that they win the division. Cause that Ravens team is just, you yeah, know, they're good on both ends, but no, they're good. They're good. I mean, yeah. Like it's hard to pick 
against the Ravens right now. I totally get that, and that's why this is a bold prediction. Not yeah, right. Yeah, you know, this isn't the average <laughs> prediction, but hey, I like the Steelers. I think I think they get the best defense, um, and I think that matters uh, the most. So yeah. All right, what's your second prediction? So this one um, will have a lot of fantasy managers uh, pretty hype. I'm going to say that Kyler Murray throws and runs for 5,000 yards, 4,500 through there, mm-hmm. 500 on the ground, 500 plus on the ground. He's going to have an incredible season this year. Um, and to me, I think it's because of the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Yeah. Uh, he finally, I mean, he, he gets a number one target um, and really one of the best at that, um, you know, to throw to. And I think that's one, the one thing he was really missing was like a big physical receiver who plays on the outside, you know, Christian Kirk's more of a slot. Larry is older and really is more of a slot as well. Um, But he didn't really have anyone on the outside that he could go to and and make plays to. And then also you talk about a red zone threat. Um, You know, DeAndre Hopkins is as good as it comes in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think their running game is also going to be improved. It looked a lot better with Kenyon Drake, um, you know, than it did with David Johnson, who yeah. um, I actually think will be better in Houston than he was in Arizona. But Kenyon Drake just kind of fits this spread rush rushing offense better than David Johnson did, even though Johnson was was a good pass catcher as well. So he kind of made up for it in that regards. Um, but Kenyon Drake can give you both. Um, yeah. And then even, you know, if you're worried about, can he handle a full workload? They've got Chase Edmonds, you know, who I think is a talented, um, you know, backup for them. So they've got weapons um, for sure. And, you know, with the way that they play that, that spread and open play style, I think we see Kyler Murray running more, which I think is what contributes to that number um, is, is maybe a, a few more design runs. I don't think they'll get crazy with it, but like a few more design runs for Kyler Murray, um, but DeAndre, Hop- he threw for 3,700 without DeAndre Hopkins. I don't see why he can't throw for 45 with him or 42. And maybe he has like 800 rushing yards, something like that. You know what I mean? I think he's that talented of a runner. Yeah. Uh, so I, I predict some crazy numbers. You know, obviously, I think if he does this, they're probably a playoff team. So I don't know that he, if he, he's probably MVP, right? Maybe, maybe. So, you know, we'll see. But it depends on if it equates the wins. Yeah, right. Uh, the Cardinals defense still isn't great. It's not bad, but not great. So, and they're in a tough, tough division. Tough so, division. really, for him to do it in this division might be MVP worthy if he can just get them in the playoffs. But, yeah, I don't know, man. I have a lot of faith in Kyler Murray. I think uh, he has a huge second season yeah. uh, with DeAndre uh, Hopkins. So, let me ask you this Who, what other quarterback, what vet? do you compare him the most to? I would say like the closest that you can is Russell Wilson. I would say Russell Wilson too. But like he's, he's so much faster than Russell Wilson is, but like, you know, Russell Wilson's a little heavier. Yeah, obviously. But yeah, I think closest you'd have to say is Russ. And that's why I think, I think it's a good prediction when you say he's going to, he's going to do 500 yards, but it's going to be 4,500 of it is going to be passing. Right. right. Like, I think he wants to be more of the passer and he's got the ability to like, dude, yeah. exact, he's accurate as hell. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and, him, and it's funny you say, right. Him and Russ both have the baseball thing too. Yeah. And, um, you know, supposedly they're the short guys, even though I think Kyler's a little bit shorter than Russ, uh, but it's really not going to be like 
Lamar Jackson last year. When we talk about Kyler Murray's rushing, like it's not going to be um, as many designed runs. He's not going to rush for 1,200 yards or whatever crazy number Lamar ran for. Right. Um, but I love Kyler Murray. I, I love him. He's, you know, out of the young guys, he's got to be like top two on the list, um, not including Mahomes. But, yeah, I love Kyler Murray. He was a big fantasy uh, pick this year. Everyone wanted Kyler Murray, and I think for a good reason. I and took he, him in our, in our Dynasty League. Did you? Oh, oh Dynasty yeah. League. That's a great yeah, yeah. That's a great pick <laughs> me. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the only thing you worry about is, is him getting hurt with him being so little, but he's never really gotten hurt. So. Right, yeah. Um, okay, then – you want me to give my last one, or you give or you give your last one first? Um, I'll go last. Okay. All right. So my third bold prediction. This is the boldest of my bold predictions. I would say uh, is Cam Newton will win NFL MVP this season. Uh, how about that? How about that? Calling <laughs> the Patriots for MVP. Um, <laughs> and listen, like I just think. You know, they're going to be good. They're going to be good. I picked the Bills on um, coach or, uh, Couch Coach Pod. We did on Tuesday. But, like, I think I might switch it to the Patriots because, like, you just know Belichick's going to have them guys ready to go. Yeah. You know, like, they do the thing. They, they are the kings of the bulletin board material. Like, they see that people think that they were tanking, and they see that people think that they weren't going to be as good this year. And I think Cam Newton sees it, too. He sees people saying he's not going to be as good. And he's he's done and all that and and maybe people aren't saying as much as he internalizes and tells himself just to get that motivation, uh, but he's going to be good and I kind of like um, the the scheme that they're going to be in. He's going to have his best offensive line he's ever had, which is huge. Um, he's gonna they're they're going to use him in different ways. He's got the you know he doesn't have like the down play big play receivers. I don't think, but I don't think he really ever had those guys or really used those guys. Like he's not that type of thrower anyway. But, like, he's got, like, Edelman for the short stuff. Uh, Nikhil Harry's pretty uh, solid route runner, I think. You know, obviously he had a disappointing season last year, but I don't know if the style he wants to play fitted with what Tom Brady wanted to do. And maybe he fits a little bit better with Cam. And then also, like, the backfield combinations you can do where you could, you know, potentially he could have James White on his left, Sonny Michelle on his right, and you don't know if they're going to throw, pass, you know, the run pass option we always talk about, but throw, pass. Like, they could do a lot of different things on offense with Cam Newton and the personnel that they already have and that offensive line that they have. And, you know, if the, if the Patriots' biggest question mark is the defense, well, then they really don't have that many question marks, right? Because, like, yeah. Belichick's going to have those guys. They're going to be a top-five defense. You can guarantee that every season almost. The Patriots will be a top-ten, top-five defense. Yeah. Uh, so if they come out here and they win 11, 12 games, they win their division, um, and he – you know, he, he's probably not going to get to that, like, 5,000 number that, that you mentioned with Kyler Murray. But if he throws for 3,500, rushes for 700, or if he throws for fourth, if he reaches the 4,000 passing mark and he runs for 400, 500, but he's also scoring touchdowns and yeah. scoring a lot of touchdowns and he's rushing for touchdowns and passing for touchdowns, he's going to be in the conversation. If they win 11, yeah. 12 games, he's going to be in the conversation. And I'm not betting against the Patriots to win less than 11 or 12 games. Yeah. So, in and honestly – you know, Cam Newton has always been one of my favorite players. Yeah. Uh, and it was kind of, you know, it was sad to see the, uh, you know, how it went down in, in Carolina last year and how they just kind of, you know, cut him. And his biggest thing is health, right? So, yeah. you know, he looks healthy now. Um, I actually think that year, kind of year off, is exactly what he needed to just get healthy. Um, but, 
he has a ton of bulletin board material to use, um, you know, for this season, Um, especially when at one point there was, there was no market for him. Right. Um, You know, and, and really the only team that made any kind of sense was the Patriots and they were dragging their feet on bringing him in themselves. Um, And then when he came in, they're like a QB battle with Jared Stidham. Like we're talking about a former MVP, been in a QB battle with like that that was even a question I don't know that it really was I think you know you just have to kind of say that because the kid was already there but like it was obvious and then he comes out of camp and he's not only the starter not only does he win the starting job he's a captain yep on the Patriots in his first year and he did he wasn't even there for the first part of the offseason you know granted wasn't much going on but like yeah he's he's one of the least tenured guys in the locker room, and they voted him as a captain for their offense. To me, that says a lot, man, about what he's ready to bring to the table this year, just as far as his competitiveness, man. Yep. Um, and I think that's all you need from someone with like his kind of talent is to relight that fire under him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at bare minimum, comeback player of the year. And, you know, I, I mean, he's already been a, an MVP caliber player. So, you know, Maybe it's a stretch to say it here in New England because he he doesn't have a ton of weapons. But did he have him in Carolina? So you know we'll see. And and to be honest, you know with the coaching staff he has, uh, especially I believe Josh McDaniels is still there, right? His offensive mm-hmm. coordinator. Yep. You know Josh McDaniels makes things happen. Man, he had Tim Tebow looking like a oh yeah, like an NFL caliber quarterback for a little bit. So like imagine what he can do with Cam Newton. I agree. Um, so. Let's end on this then. This will be our last quote unquote bold prediction because we just, you know, got done loving on the Patriots and how good we think the Patriots are gonna be. <laughs> so who's gonna be better this year? Who's gonna who, who's gonna win more games? We'll just we won't even say postseason. We'll just say who's gonna win more games? Patriots or Bucks? I th- win more games. Win more games. We won't even talk about playoffs or Super Bowl. We'll just say right. sixteen games, who's gonna win more games? Brady or Belichick? I'm still gonna go with the Bucks. I think they're I think they just have much more talent. Yeah. But um I wouldn't be surprised at all. I wouldn't be surprised in the in the least if if the Patriots had the better record. I think I'd go with the Patriots right now. I don't know. I'm not trusting the Bucks as much as a lot of people are. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm dumb for for doubting Brady, but it's tough in the Bruce Arians offense, first year in Bruce Arians offense to throw the ball down the field. We'll see if he can do that. Yeah, uh, and the continuity thing, you know, Cam doesn't really have it either. But Cam's style, you know, and I think Brady was throwing with those guys somewhere. They weren't supposed to be. They were doing stuff. Uh, but Cam's style is a little bit different. Where you know he's running, he's throwing short passes. It's a lot different than a Bruce Arians offense, where it's a lot of downfield stuff. Right. And I think the Patriots defense is better. But I got yeah. the Patriots. I got the Patriots there. I'm I'm riding high on the Patriots, man. I'm not gonna gamble on them because. You know, forget you know, after Patriots forever. That's that's standard. <laughs> I'm on them right. right now, man. Definitely, definitely. So I got one more. I got one okay. more prediction. Go ahead. And this one is the boldest of them all. Oh boy. Julio Jones scores ten touchdowns this year. Right? That oh, doesn't that sound one. like that doesn't sound like a crazy number, but he's only done it once in his career, right? And for he has this weird thing where he just doesn't get in the end zone. He hovers around like six for the most part and and like a good year for him is like eight yeah but he's six three 220 in one of the most potent offenses 
year in, year out. Like they they never really struggle to put up points, you know, yeah. for the most part. And somehow he never hits this mark. I think this year, and their offensive coordinator said they're they're trying to get him in the end zone more. I think this year he gets in, and I think it will have a lot to do with the Todd Gurley threat on the ground. You know, if he stays healthy, I think their rushing game is going to be better than it has been. Of course, you know, health is, yeah, you know, the biggest question mark there. It, it certainly won't be touches though, but I think that's going to open up a lot of like bigger and deeper plays for him. Um, if Todd Gurley shows any signs of what he used to be, I, I don't think he will be what he was, but if he could be like 65% or 70% of what he was, that's better than what the Falcons have had in their backfield. Yeah. Right. You know, over, even with, even though I like Devonte Freeman and Tevin Coleman, um, you know, both were, were good backs, you know, they, they weren't Todd Gurley. So, you know, and even in the red zone, I think Todd Gurley gives them a different dynamic. So maybe it takes a little bit of those double teams off of Julio in the red zone because you got to load up the box a little bit more. You know, you know, maybe ha- that has a little bit of a you know impact, uh, yeah. and he gets in the end zone a little bit more. I have him in fantasy this year in one of our paid leagues, so that had a little bit to do with this thing. <laughs> but you know, you know what? Whenever you said <laughs> my bold predictions are Kyler Murray and Julio Jones, I went and checked the fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> There, actually, I think I just got him in. Our, I did. I got him in our dynasty league, and I think I have him in one other. But he's in our dynasty league, so you know, fantasy uh, obviously yeah. had a little bit to do with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me see what what bold prediction can I make from my uh, fantasy? You know what? My oh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So let, let's uh, let's let our audience in on the trade we do. I traded uh, Devonte Adams to Coop for Edwards Hilaire. Um, so we're gonna see how that goes. We're gonna see. I got Edwards Hilaire and Mahomes now on that team. So I'm I'm all in on the Chiefs offense. Yeah. So and I got Devonte Adams back in the trade, uh, who could possibly lead the league in targets. So yeah, pretty fair trade, and we'll see. And touchdowns. He's always high in touchdowns. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, um, I had to give up a little kicker in in Gallup in that as well. But uh, you know, projected number one in that league, which is the the league I spent the mo- or invested the most money into. So that's nice. Yeah. And we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that's our ten thousand dollar league. So we're, uh, <laughs> we're really focused on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. So is that that's all we got today, right? Um, those are yeah. our bold predictions. So make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel. That is the biggest thing you can do for us is subscribe. Uh, if you're listening on audio, go over to YouTube, check us out, All In Network, and hit the subscribe button. Turn on notifications. So you know when our content drops and also you know when we're potentially going live, uh, which we're known to do nowadays. We do that sometimes. We go live. So turn on notifications uh, so you can see that. Uh, what else, Eli? Yeah, so um, you can also find the other podcasts under our network, um, All In Politics, um, who have been having some interesting discussions uh, lately about the current state of the American democracy. Um, so you can check that out. I think – some scary uh, discussions. Yeah, some scary discussions. <laughs> um, but, you know, things that need to be talked about. Yep. Um, and you know, with the election coming up, um, you know, I think it's inf- informative, you know, type of show uh, that you guys can check out here on YouTube. Also available on all audio platforms. Uh, Rain and Bliss will be coming back soon. Uh, so stay tuned uh, for their upcoming uh, newest show, which will be their 12th episode. 
Um, and then we also have the Beast Gaming Podcast, uh, which made its debut a couple of weeks ago. Um, should be coming back next week on Wednesday. Uh, episode three will be dropping for that. So make sure you tune into that. Uh, they're all also available on more audio platforms now, including Anchor, Spotify, Google, um, Pocket Cast, some of it, pretty much um, all of them, except for Apple. I think we're still waiting on clearance for that. Yep. Uh, but you can catch them on the YouTube channel here as well. So make sure you hit that subscribe button uh, if you're tuning in. We appreciate you uh, tuning into the network so far. Yep, absolutely. And if if you missed anything Eli just said, you can go to allinnetwork.net. That's kind of the one-stop shop for all of our podcasts on the network, um, as well as links to our blog, which we have been doing some serious work on, and we've had some articles written by you. And we also um, – the young man who does our world news now. We have a world news article. What's his name, Eli? My guy, Brent Williams, former Northeastern graduate from my alma mater um, and a current Penn State Maine student. Yeah. Uh, you know, given – and it, this one's uh, this one's less, you know, no bias, just like weekly world news, um, you know, to keep the people informed. Yeah. Uh, so that article, um, his blog will be a weekly publishing um, which will come out uh, every week on Saturdays or Sundays. Yep, it was really cool. He's just he kind of like puts a puts a link in there and a headline, and then he gives a little paragraph or two describing what it actually means, and not in a political way where he's trying to push something. He's just this is what this means. So uh, yep. if you if you want unbiased news, that's a really good shop for that. Allinnetwork.net. Make sure you guys check that out. Um, okay, guys, we will be back on Monday. Um, this was episode thirty-seven. All in podcast. Thanks for listening. See you guys.